0: This podcast is dedicated in loving memory and tribute to Judy Roth, Ashley Berg, and Bennett White. We ride why radio, a podcast about cycling health, music, art, and transformation. With your hosts, Greg Roth and Dave, the Rocket Richter.
1: We have a great episode for you today. In the second half of the show, we welcome Jonathan Guerin, Global Director of Sports Marketing for Cannondale Bikes. But before we get too deep into it, I want to kick it off with a cool track from a band called Barty Strange, and this one's called Waits. episode number nine 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 i'm greg and i'm rocket and welcome back to uh the swarm here (laughs) how you doing rocket doing great greg i'm doing good too man we are here to uh enlighten you hopefully because we are a podcast about cycling health music art and Transformation and we should put fun in there too because we do like to have that. We do um, have fun. We do have fun. <laughs> if it's not fun, it ain't worth doing, man. Um, but anyway, it's it's great to have you back in the studio. And the reason we have you here today, besides just doing the podcast, is just to chat with you about some really cool things going on with fountain cycling. Now you and Jennifer have been hustling a lot. There's been a lot of cool developments. There's some big things happening. We've alluded to it a little bit earlier in some prior episodes, but you've even taken it to a new level. So I just want you to share with me and our audience some of the really cool things going on with Fount and some of the recent developments in terms of sponsorships, partnerships, and what is going to be happening in 2022
2: well our uh, ladies squad had really stepped it up as you know uh, veronica went to the world tour team this year uh uh the tibco ef team and uh we are going to be i guess you could call a development team for them um there's not really an official title but it's uh we are their feeder team the riders that come up through us um ha- go to ef if they want to turn pro um they have first uh, right of refusal
1: um, for their wow. contract.
2: Yeah, and uh, we also got a partnership with Cannondale.
1: Wow, we're okay. going to talk about that. So, so for our audience who may not be as enlightened in terms of race teams, Tipco is a major women's team, and mm-hmm. they compete nationally and globally. For our audience that that may not know who they are or or how pro cycling works. Are they also going to be part of the UCI World Tour?
2: Yeah, the TIBCO team this year is not part of that World Tour team, but they will be stepping it up next year.
1: In the future.
2: Yep. Uh, okay. So next year they'll be uh, partnering with the, the men's EF development team. Or, excuse me, just the EF team, the World Tour team. And they will also be World Tour.
1: So, again, folks, the, you I use UCI, and, and that is the governing body of professional cycling. So if you watch... For, for those of you listening, if you look at the Tour de France, consider UCI the equivalent of FIFA for soccer or the U.S. Olympic Committee. It's the same thing. It's a governing body. So what you're saying is that TIPCO is is a pro team. Um, V's on a pro contract now. She's getting paid to ride. And then that team is going to be competing at a national level and then in the future, um, possibly in the women's La Tour de France?
2: Uh, Yeah, they're... they're- currently uh competing on a even on the world level oh wow Um, but next year it will be the top level um so it'd be like the tier one yeah so the all the biggest races in the world the team does they have to do
1: that's fantastic yeah and v's gonna on that team for sure so yeah folks you can go back to some past episodes we had V on the show and we're gonna have her on again in the future to definitely catch you up on what's happening with her because she is an amazing story and, and a, a really great example of the power of this development program. So, when you say development program, in, mm-hmm. in some ways, you're like a feeder system for the pro teams, for some of the women's pro team, or for this particular women's pro team, Tipco. right,
2: Yeah. And I mean, we really are a true development team. Mm. Um, you could take Veronica, for example, or um, uh, a lot of the, the ladies in the future that you're going to hear about come from other sports. That, right. Um, they're not. They don't have a deep cycling background. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, we take them and uh, teach them, you know, and bring them through the ranks. <laughs> Put them through the grinder. Yeah. And they come out <laughs> professional
1: cyclists. There you go. But, you know, it's true. You're an athlete. You could play. Yeah. You could have been great at anything, right? Like, like I remember it was... Um, I had this coach because man, all I need is good athletes. Just give me a good athlete. I don't care if they've even played the sport. Just give me a good athlete. I will turn them into to that's, whatever.
2: That's what we're doing. We're literally seeing like, wow, they, yeah. they're such a good rower. They could probably <laughs> <It's>, ride
1: bikes. <laughs> yeah, it's true though, because yeah. well, a lot of the muscle memories, skaters, same thing too, right? Because you worked with Eric Hayden, who was an Olympian, and he was a cyclist as well as an Olympic speed skater, right?
2: Yeah. And a lot of it is a state of mind. You know, you take yep. these top athletes, and if, yeah. if you see this state of mind that they get, it, almost anything's easy. Like you said, you can do whatever you want.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's that mentality cuz if you like I have an ex-girlfriend and she used to be um, with the Seattle Pacific University rowing team yeah. and she used to get up at like 4:30 in the morning yeah. right out here in Fremont the center of the universe mm-hmm. and get up on the canal and she'd be practicing at 4:30 in the morning and you want to talk about having you know having to have a certain mentality to do that in a mindset and yeah. you do the same thing with your cycling cuz you're up early training the team's up early training but it's like rowers and runners and um and sports where they're kind of individual versus pure team that's where the mental part really comes in because it's just you out there maybe doing the training by yourself on particular days or maybe you know if you're a a runner you're you're not necessarily running in a group you're on your own a lot of times even as a cyclist we're out riding on our own and so you have to kind of like be honest with yourself, I suppose, and be with integrity within yourself and work the program to be successful.
2: Yeah. And we're even trying to do the opposite of bring that community, you know, and, and, uh, bring a little bit of the team sports into our sport of cycling. Indeed. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's a lot easier to push yourself when you have somebody to train with, you know?
1: Yeah, I think, and we, we shared this on an earlier episode, but cycling is an individual sport in a team context because anybody that's won the tour de France didn't do it just by themselves.
2: Oh man. Not since 1903.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, because you rely on your teammates for strategy, for drafting, to be able to conserve energy, whatever. And, and tell me for folks that are out there that have never raced, but love cycling. Tell me and tell our audience what is is how much of a team sport and why it's a team sport because i don't think it's necessarily perceived that way unless you're somebody that races you know it is the average person that rides a bike tell me how and why cycling is such a team sport
2: oh man i mean i think it starts at the top just like any top level sport you know it's become so specialized that uh you you're not just a baseball player you're not just a pitcher you're a relief pitcher you know or you're a closer even you know they, there's all these levels
1: right you're deep closer or you're, uh, you're, or you're the the setup guy for the closer
2: right right yeah. right I mean it's just it, the competition has gotten so deep too you know like because you know you, you're left handed and you're a pitcher y- used to be you're in the majors if you had a left hand <laughs> pitcher you know
1: right and if you could throw over 90 yeah 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 <laughs>
2: But no, it's, it has become a team sport. Um, yeah. and, uh, if you want to win the tour de France, you have to have a, a full on team. Yeah. It's not just one rider, you know, you, you, that's, that's only part of it.
1: And everybody's got their job to do.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everybody's got their job You use specific, uh, people for the flats, you know, yeah. in the, in the, uh, crosswinds, you have guys that are specialties. You got people in the mountains. Um, you know, you, you got, uh, you got climber, you, you got everything.
1: Hmm. No, it's really interesting and i i love the whole concept about individual sport within a team context because that's really kind of life because we are individuals living our lives and yet we know that we don't achieve any degree of success or accomplishment without others right mm-hmm. um and and i love the fact that w- with uh cycle racing particularly found you really stress that like you really stress teammates taking care of each other and doing their job because if a team member doesn't do their job, what, what happens?
2: You don't hit your goal for sure. You know, and that's, that's crucial. So that's why, you know, somebody, if you're doing a, a lead out, I always use a lead out as an example, cause it's, it's easy to visualize, you know, Yeah. you know, you could be, uh, you know, uh, the second guy in line of, of a group of eight, you know, but it's just as crucial as the lead right. out guy or the sprint itself, because it's the setup, you know, you don't get to point B until you've gotten from a, you know. Uh, So you got to work backwards, reverse Um, engineering. Yeah, totally.
1: Yeah. No, it's really amazing. And I think as I've gotten into cycling as a fan and somebody that rides and now races, I have so much more deeper appreciation for how much of a team sport it is. And we were talking about this earlier, but if you think about, you know, the Peloton Mm -hmm. or for those of you, and again, we don't assume everybody out knows the vernacular so we want to appeal to as many people as possible in terms of when we're talking about this stuff but a peloton or the group of riders it's a community what one person does or doesn't do can impact the entire community one person goes down others go down and then and then people could be hurt and then the race stops or changes the complexion of the race and that's life because we we walk through life thinking well what I do just impacts me it's like no man Yeah. what you do whether you know it or not whatever action you take whatever you do or don't do impacts somebody else that's life and I so I have a saying is life is a peloton
2: yeah I love it you know it's funny that you mentioned that because just this last Tuesday we had the night ride and uh, that ride is like a, a super you know it's a race simulation oh yeah. yeah so it's on we don't stop you get a flat tire you just you don't get TFB you know,
1: nobody waits for you you know <laughs> we
2: might go back for you afterwards and yeah. say where are you, you know, yeah right we'll go call you, up, you send the, you a
1: text yeah, or pick you up off the <laughs> send you
2: an Uber <laughs> but uh, so it's that kind of ride um, but uh, yeah. Uh, we're, uh, the front group, it split up right away yep. and there was a group of, uh, I think there might've been six of us.
1: It's always the same six, too. <laughs> <laughs>
2: but, uh, well there was a new guy in Steve, oh, Steve, oh really? uh, yeah, he's a new guy on the team and, yeah. uh, he's strong and, uh, we were going down a hill and he crashed. It was wet. Ooh. He crashed and we all stopped. Like it was almost like nobody, nobody said anything, but we all stopped. Because wow. we wanted to make sure that, you know, Steve was okay. He was yeah. okay. But uh, it's just, it's funny that a rice, a ride that we normally don't stop for anything. Yeah. Nobody said anything. We all stopped. And then, the you know, other riders caught us and we told them to keep going, you know. Mm. And uh, we ended up catching them all anyway. Of course you did. And Steve was fine. <laughs> but it, uh, it made me feel great. Was his bike
1: okay? That's the important it, thing.
2: It landed on the nine drive side. It was fine.
1: Perfect. Yeah, (laughs) because that's what's truly important, Rocket. You know this. I know this. That's the first thing you pop up. Is my bike okay? Yeah. That. That's me. (laughs) Yeah. But no, it it made me feel really good that
2: uh, we all cared about enough for each other, and um, we didn't have to say anything. We all just stopped.
1: Oh, that's cool, man. No man left behind, or woman left behind. That's right. Yeah, but it's a dangerous sport, and sometimes you know you could do everything right and be a skilled rider, and the conditions dictate the situation and can cause problems but um yeah that's cool that you guys did that yeah there's a. I mean it's a dangerous sport it's it's like you know if you crash it's like being thrown out of a car naked (laughs) well it is pretty much yeah yeah I I think that sense of danger is what makes it interesting and reinforces how much we need each other
2: yeah yeah and just knowing that you know we we're back we got your back
1: you know yeah that means a lot It does mean a lot because I, I I know that like, like nobody likes to crash. I, I, when I've crashed, it's been on my own away from people and it's not fun, man. And it it does stuff with your head. And of course, you you know, then, you know, your bike could be messed up. I've had to replace a shifter. I've had to replace bib shorts, but, but fortunately the most important thing is I was okay. Right. But there's something about if you're out with the team and it happens, like what, what happens, because you've experienced this, like mm-hmm. when you're in a crash, because we all crash in life, we've, we've talked about this in previous episodes, but when you've done it with a t- group or with a team or in an event mm-hmm. or even in a, a training session, what is that like, like mentally?
2: Um, well, if if it's you that's crashing, it's that adrenaline is the first thing that you experience? Yeah. You know, you are just like you pop up and you want to be okay, right? <laughs> even if you're not,
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um,
2: but you know, then it, then it's almost embarrassment. Yeah. You know, you you want to you're kind of embarrassed that you crashed, right? Um, so but everybody does, yeah, totally. Um, and you know, I I think if you do it more, <laughs> you get less embarrassed. You realize, you know, so I when I crash, it's more of like a, a checklist. Am I okay? Like right. okay. Oh, I'm, I'm all right. Is the bike okay? Well, the Is bike the should be okay? the
1: first thing. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. That's a joke in cycling, folks. Yeah. Like, you know, it's always a, the bike. It's important. Anyway, go ahead.
2: Yeah, no, no. That's it's, uh, so that's what it's like. It's you, you go through this checklist. and You make sure you're okay. You know, mm-hmm. your bike's okay. Um, and then you just kind of want to go back to what you're doing. You know, you want to. You don't want to interrupt everybody's day. You know, you're like, "Hey, I'm sorry." You know, I know. You feel more about (laughs) bad about that. There's nothing to be sorry about. You know, like it. Like you said, if you do this long enough, you will crash.
1: Yeah, I'm sorry,
2: everybody listening um, that hasn't crashed yet, but
1: you will. And it will be okay.
2: And and you're gonna be okay.
1: Yeah. 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 I mean, and I think the thing is, and, and I mean, if you we're afraid to crash and don't get in a car and drive. Don't walk through a sidewalk and, and, and don't do anything. I mean, life, my dad told me this rest in peace. I always love this thing. He goes, my dad says, son, life is life threatening.
2: <laughs> that is very true. It's true. I, that is old school and I love
0: it.
1: Yeah. But you know, it's true. And I think the thing is, is there is a sense of danger and you always want to take calculated risk. But at the same time, if you love something and you're passionate and it get, and it enhances your life in such a positive way. And, and then you, and then you have this amazing community to go with it you know there's times where you know sometimes it's worth the risk that's when you know you're alive like yeah, when man. i'm at risk and there's a sense of danger it is life-affirming man and then if i crash it's like oh yeah i'm live because this hurts <laughs> <laughs> um but i think the thing is it's interesting our ego takes a hit but the folks around us they're not judging you know, no, they're, they're not. They're, you you they're think doing they are, the opposite. but they're not. Yeah, they're they just want to make
2: sure you're okay. Yeah, and uh, and and then we can get back to what we're doing. That's but right. It's okay.
1: Get yeah. back in the flow. That's right. Because we like to flow. We when do. we don't flow, we're not happy. No, it's funny. Like when, like, like if I crashed, my first thing I would feel worse about if I crashed. And I caused somebody else to crash. I would feel bad about that. Like it's yeah. one thing for me, and, yep. and I'm impacted. But if it has a ne- a negative impact on a teammate or a friend, man, that that would be yeah. Or if you or if you
2: do something to make someone else crash. Exactly.
1: Yeah, that would be something that would upset me deeply. Um, and I think I feel the same mentality in my life. If I ever did something to hurt somebody else, or said something, or took an action that hurt somebody, uh, that's not okay, right? You know. And so that's my mentality: is not thinking just about my own safety, but but those around me. And I think that's what I love about um, this sport, and and, and particularly fount because the one thing I've learned from you rocket is is that is that spatial awareness is to be aware what's going on around you, the people around you, um, be sensitive to that, be thinking about them, not just what you're doing. I'm like, God, man, if I do that in other areas of my life and I have, yeah, it works a lot better. Oh yeah. Yeah.
2: Practice for life.
1: If COVID and, and everything that we've gone through in the last, almost two years has taught us anything is that we really do need each other and that we're not alone and that we're all going through similar experiences together, how we deal with it may be different, but we lean on each other to get through those really tough times. And when you're a cyclist and you're an athlete, you lean on each other to get through those tough times. Yeah, for sure. You know, when you're sucking air, right? You need that. Yeah, man. And then that energy too. Um, but I think, uh, That's why it's really important to surround yourself with people that share your values, that share your commitment, that have the same passion you do, and a support system that's safe so that you can go after what it is you want freely. That's where you see progress. That's where you see progress when you're free. When you're free of all those conversations in your head about looking bad or about doing this or how am I going to look or what's he going to think, what's she going to think. Guess what? You don't get to do what you really want to do. But when you're free of all that, and you just said, "You know what? I'm doing it because this is what I want to do. This is what I'm committed, and I've got a support system. I got a bunch of people I can do it with that I that I love doing it with." Then you're free, and then you can get everything that you want out of the sport or or hobby or whatever it is you do, whether it be cycling or whatever that you want to get out of it, and really enrich your life in, in a real positive way.
2: Yeah, we were just talking about this. Before we went live about like keeping your head down, digging your ditch. But yeah. every once in a while, look up and see what's going on. Oh, yeah, brother. Know? And then put your head back down and dig that ditch.
1: Dude, I got, I'm got going to share this story because yeah. I, I, I've shared it with you. You've heard this from me mm-hmm. uh, sh- about, involving you. So I got to share this with you folks because because this applies to life so much. We go through life in our heads, you know, wanting to be somewhere, go somewhere, be the best we can be. We want to win. We want to make our parents proud. We, whatever, man. But we're, we're so driven, you know, by doing well. A lot of us, especially people that I think are high performers in their careers and athletes. Right. So I'm out on a training ride. And I'm just pushing myself, and you know our training rides are not, you know, food, you know they're not they're not about being comfortable. It's about getting a workout in and sweating and breathing hard. So I'm out and I'm sucking air out at um, one of the places we go to. It's called Magnolia Ridge, and I'm sucking air. And Rocket's right alongside me. He looks at me, he goes, "Hey, Greg, look out there." And so what's out there is this beautiful city of Seattle, surrounded by water with the sun glistening down while we're training and i looked up for a second and suddenly i wasn't in my head i wasn't thinking about how much i was suffering i was saying man this is awesome i was like present for what you were pointing out and i was riding my bike and i was pushing myself and and it and it totally shifted my way of being and i'm thinking well where else does that show up in my life? How much in life do I walk through life sucking air and not really being present for what's around me, right? And, and not really able to enjoy or maximize what I can get out of something because I'm, I'm so much thinking about how how it looks or how I'm doing or how my performance is.
2: Yeah, that's awesome, man. You you just you popped your head up for a second.
1: <laughs> yeah, but but you when you did that. You you were intentional. Like you right. you were getting me to do that because you saw as a coach in that moment that I was in my head and I I, I was struggling, struggling a little bit. Yeah. And then and so you 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 in that moment got me out of my head. I use that story because I apply the same thing into other areas of my life, whether it be work, relationships with my friends, my community, and to remember to be present for what's around me, because what's around me is pretty amazing, man. Right. Yeah. No, that's good, man. I love the whole mentality. It's like, like, come as you are. Just be willing to work. Yeah. And don't be an ass. <laughs> no, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's great. Tell me, you know, Rocket, because we've talked about Fountain. I can tell you what I love about it at nazi like to the point to where like you've heard it all from me. But I want to hear from you. What is it that you think that attracts people to this club? Because I have my own thoughts. You've heard them, but the club's growing. It's accomplished a lot. You've won races. You're building some great partnerships, which we'll talk about in a few minutes. But what do you, what is it you think that's really special about Fountain? What you and Jennifer Wheeler, your wife mm-hmm. and partner, have created?
2: Oh, that's a good one, man. Um, Fountain is the club that I've always wanted to be on. Mm. You know, if I was just a, a writer coming up or just started the sport, this is what I'd want. Yeah, and this was the premise of the whole club. It's like what what, what do you want out of this? You know, and there's so much more than just riding bikes. Oh yeah. We're kind of a peanut club. (laughs) We're kind of a Tupperware party. (laughs) (laughs) Bridge club. Yeah. There's (laughs) sewing circle. (laughs) We really are. I mean, it's, it's so social, you know, there's, it's, uh, you know, uh, Jennifer and I were sitting down, we're, we're having these meetings with the DET women and men, um, individually. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a few things we came up with were the we call the uh, the three C's: competition, coaching, and community. Mm. And I think that that pretty much sums up uh, a lot about what Fount is. Where, you know, we're as serious as you want to be as far as athletes. You know, uh, where we're, there's a lot of top level athletes that we attract, and I think in part that is because of these three C's. Yeah, we provide competition. Yep. Um, not only competition to go to races and race together, but internal competition, we spar all the time. We yeah. just talked about Tuesday night, yeah. you know, our Tuesday night ride, our fixie ride, our rocket yeah. ride. You know, these are all things that we provide this competition. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, healthy competition is not easy to come by.
1: No, that's a really good point. Healthy
2: from a mental standpoint. Cause some yeah. people like it can get weird, right? It, it causes anxiety. Right. This does the opposite. Every time we do one of these rides, everybody is so G'd up. Yeah. Afterwards, you know they can't yeah. go to sleep when they go home.
1: <laughs> yep. I've experienced that. We talked about that. Yeah. Like with Seward, yep. after Seward, Seward Park, Park, man, I yeah. could not get to sleep until two or three in the morning.
2: Yeah. Uh, so to get back to the second C, coaching. Mm. This is what I do. I love coaching. I'm a coach. Yeah, you are. Yeah. And so part of this club is part of the perk is you have a internal coach you have the opportunity to be coached Mm. um and if and you get as much or as little as you want you know you can you can pay and be a full-on coaching client or you can just be part of the club and and when i'm around or we're around you know you're gonna get
1: coached well yeah because you it's just who you are like it's not what you do like it's just who you are
2: and it's even more than me you know it's like it goes beyond that it's like the the experienced people that have learned they coach the inexperienced people
1: totally yeah jennifer too she's great for sure no i i my experience is is a club member and i've been part of the club for a few years now and raced this last year and that's my experience i mean in a nutshell like like the three c's that just pretty much sums it all up and then within that you know obviously there's more granular like there's a structure and then there's training Yeah.
2: yeah there's a broad you know
1: but yeah but those are the things that are like that's the foundation Mm -hmm. and 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 that's really everything is driven from that
2: yeah and then the last c is the community which yeah um honestly very few bike teams have this yeah that true community where there's the uh you know you you could you could have the slack channel that's part of the community you know the live training that's part of the community. The text messages, the phone calls, the meetups, you know, these are all community. We do things together off the bike too, you know, like after rides we'll have, we'll stop and have uh, beers or coffee or, you know, whatever, have lunch
1: race launch parties which yeah. you invited me to and I was like honestly you invited me I was so tired and I had some things I had to do and it was really late at night and I'd been gone all day or else I would have loved to come over and hang out with you guys for that yeah but no you guys do that I mean the women's team last year when V was racing they all got together and did a race uh watch party and we were all yeah. slacking and We're all cheering for Veronica virtually at the same time. That's
2: the secret sauce. That's, you know, that's what a lot of teams, uh, they don't understand it because they don't have it.
1: Yeah. They haven't created it. I look at found as generally does feel like a family, like, like people are are personally invested in each other, not just as, as writers, but as human beings.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, one of the things that inspired me, um, when we started found too Mm -hmm. was, uh. Um, Manchester United soccer team. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because I really admired that club. Yep. Uh, because, you know, they were the, one of the top teams, the best teams. You know, they're like the Yankees. Um, but beyond that, you could join the Manchester United Soccer Club, you know, yeah. y- or football club. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> and and be a fan. And you're still you're in the same organization as the people that are playing. Yeah. But you're just cheering them on. You're in the and club. and you feel more part of that.
1: I agree. I, I mean from my own personal experience that's true because I'm a fan, but the fact that I'm participating yeah. in the races like makes me appreciate and respect the top riders even more because mm-hmm. like I got a taste of like of it, you know? Yeah. And that's what I love is you get to have the whole experience. Yeah,
2: I mean and then the power from the, you know, the at the top level of the top racing part of it, you know, as we grow there, that part of it 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 gives you more juice and more power when you have the people at home that are not yeah. racing with you cheering for you.
1: That's true. Yeah, That is true, man. It's like, it's like V got a lot out of that. I know that like it lifted her spirits and just knowing that people are out watching you and you can actually visualize them yeah. in front of the TV watching you. And you, and that probably is fuel. I would think. Right.
2: Right. And, it's, and you know, and it's, I, I don't want it to be like any other team when say they're in, interviewing veronica and you know she's talking about well what clubs were you on she just kind of names teams you know no she's on our club for life right you know <laughs> yeah. when she's done racing we want her she's to come back, back and yeah exactly and she'll never really be off the club no right? she's part she's she'll, still involved and mm-hmm. like wants, wants to see what's going on and ride she'll with be a us. coach man yeah
1: yeah for sure she no she um you know, it was really fun because when you guys were out of town, V led some of our rides. Uh-huh. They were awesome, Oh, I know. Man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and she was great, and her whole attitude and mentality was just tough. And I hung for a while, and then eventually, of course, I got dropped. But like I said, there's no shame in getting dropped no. from the, some of the best riders in the pack Northwest, especially from somebody like V. But no, it was great, man. She Her grit and determination is amazing and i've been out on riding on my own like out on lake washington during the winter and i'm going one way and then she's coming the other way and we just nod it's like well there she is yeah you know she hasn't missed a workout and here's your workout
2: well i think this is what our staying power is too you know like having people that truly believe in it and and love it and yeah want to be part of it you know we don't have to force people to be part of our club they they're just part of it
1: I love the fact you you mentioned Manchester United, even though I'm a Chelsea fan. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but you're right that like that's the first. I think a Man United, the Montreal Canadiens in hockey, the Boston mm-hmm. Celtics, Lakers in basketball, the Cowboys or the Steelers, or now the freaking Patriots, boo, yeah. <laughs> in, in football, um, and then of course the Yankees, yeah. who who I think are the only team that does not have names on the back of the jerseys. Or right, one of the few I love that because why?
2: Yeah, because it's all about the team. Not That's the right. Player. The name yeah. on the front, yeah,
1: and the tradition, the rich tradition that they have. You see those pinstripes. You see the NY. You can hate them all you want, but man, you gotta respect them. And so it's they've created a culture of winning and a culture of accountability. You look at companies like Microsoft or Amazon, where I work, Apple. Facebook now called Meta, whatever. But the top companies, it's the same thing. It's a culture of winning, and it's a culture of accountability. Right, we're accountable to ourselves. We're accountable to each other. Mm-hmm. We all we got, so we all we need. was a track from roosevelt called shadows and just like we promised we have a guest for you we've got jonathan Garin, global director of sports marketing for cannondale bikes we caught up with jonathan right when he was in the heart of new york via skype here's that conversation with jonathan right now we got jonathan Guerin, global director of sports marketing for cannondale and gt so great to have you on the episode this week.
3: Greg, David, The Rocket, glad to be here. Thanks for having me. That's
1: awesome. Oh, it's great, man. Well, let, first of all, Jonathan, um, you've been with the company 10 years and tell us a little bit about what you do with Cannondale. They're beautiful bikes. I mean, they're kind of, you know, when everybody talks about great bikes, is always in the top of the conversation. It's either that or, or some of the other products, which we will not mention. Because this is about Cannondale today. Um, so talk about that and, and what brought you to Cannondale and what you love about it.
3: Yeah, so I mean for me it's really interesting because I'm a little bit of a bike nerd and a product nerd and so I love the product side and Cannondale does really lead with engineering and engineering solutions to problems in making bikes better for riders and racers and and the community in general. So it's it's pretty exciting. My job today is a little bit different um, than uh, what I started out with Canadale. I started out on the product marketing team as the road product marketing guy. Now I get to work with the teams and athletes across our brands um, and really build out the strategy for our brands in aligning with different programs and individual athletes um, and collaborations in sports marketing as well as uh, setting up. Uh, I'm sorry, guys. I'm in the city. I might have to start that. There's over. something going that's... on yeah. in the city right now. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's hey, what we action. love about doing uh, these
1: remotes. It's okay. You still sound good. He, oh, I hear it.
3: He's about. He's about to go by me. So yeah. I'm in the lobby. Of where Where
2: now, but... are you at, Jonathan? From school
3: i am actually squatting in a hotel in the theater district in new york city as we go and meet friends at a restaurant next door actually nice so, well um, it sure sounds like new hopefully, york hopefully this the hotel doesn't kick me out because i'm not actually staying here so <laughs> um so anyway yeah um so yeah so i i work with the teams and athletes across both of the brands on road and mountain um setting up the strategy but also delivering the 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 storylines and messages for our brand to support product launches, to support our race goals and our race stories, and then the broader brand stories as well. Um, you know, we partner with a, a group called the Cyclist Alliance, which is this uh, mentorship group for women professional athletes as they go through transitions in their careers and different phases of their careers, all the way through post uh, post career transition as well. Um, so I have what's an incredible job. I get to talk to a wide, diverse group of riders and people within the cycling community. Um, at any given week, I can be talking and collaborating with people in Australia and Europe and the US and around the globe, and it's an incredibly fun job. And for me, it's just a passion project. I've been in the bike industry my entire professional career. And um, you know, after trying to make it as a bike racer back in the early days, and realizing and that wasn't going to happen working inside the industry has just been something that I've loved to do for my entire career.
2: That's awesome. I love hearing that bike nerds are in the industry for so long. <laughs> being being yeah. one of my, myself, yeah. you know, I've seen all sides of it too, as far as the athlete, the, you know, the team owner, director, yeah. et cetera. And, uh, you know, as, as an athlete, you know, when you get that victory and you throw those arms up, it makes you feel good. Like all the trainings paid off and, and that's what it's all about is that victory. What, at your job makes you throw your arms up?
3: You know what, that's a really great question. I think there's the small victories that really make you throw your arms up. Some things that we've done, like recently we just partnered with USA Cycling and EF Education First on the Historically Black College and University and Tribal College and University programs. And Mm -hmm. so this is gonna be establishing some of the first cycling programs ever at Tribal College and Universities. Um, and then the first women's road program at Johnson C Smith university in North Carolina. And so those kind of small victories are, I, I wouldn't call that a small victory, but those less known, less visible victories uh-huh. are probably some of the most proud moments that you put your hands up for. And like that you see as a victory, of course, winning races at like a mountain bike world cup with our Cannondale factory racing team, or three stages at the Vuelta, like EF Education First uh, did with Magnus Court at the Vuelta. Mm-hmm. We celebrate those moments as an organization around the globe together. Um, Claire Hansinger, who's a U.S. Uh, national champion, just won a really impressive cyclocross race, the Copenhagen Cross yeah. in Europe as our first major European win. We were all high-fiving and celebrating <laughs> that win and messages out to her and the team to just say congrats and enjoy the moment kind of thing. So those are really the the things that like it's small and big victories that I always put my hands up. And you think about that too, awesome. even as a racer, as an athlete, right. You think about like that might be that local race that is yeah. like really puts you on the hero map that puts your hands up and then you go and win a national race too. And while the stature of that national race is higher, the pride of winning the local race or the national race, is, it kind of feels the same. Right. And yeah, so for totally. me, it's very similar. It's very similar on those small victories for me as well, um, and on those big victories, they kind of celebrate the same for us. Well, that's uh, awesome, and they really do—they really do go for it. And, and I think our industry now is in an evolved conversation about developing pathways for athletes to to build the sport through their lifestyle and their as young athletes, they can see a pathway to collegiate participation, professional participation, more like traditional sports, and so that's really exciting and helping be just a small step in that pathway going forward
1: that's fantastic hey i want to ask you about something because we are a podcast about cycling health music art and transformation i don't know if you've heard the podcast but that's what we're about so i just read an interesting article that just came out today that you've got this new cannondale bike designed by stella mccartney who's paul mccartney's daughter yep Great fashion yeah. designer. I'm looking at this thing. The Are thing is at? awesome. It's awesome. We got to put a photo up on the uh, Facebook page, but it's a zebra bike with red lettering. Yeah. It's just amazing. Yeah. Talk about that a little bit.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So that whole project uh, started with our creative team out of the UK and um, had a connection with Stella McCartney um, from there. And there's in fact four different artists under the Stella McCartney umbrella that designed four different platform of bikes. One of my favorites in that, while they're all pretty wicked designs and like um, the one, the zebra one pattern one is really cool. It has this like sort of laser yeah. element coming off of the bike almost. And then the graffiti one with Stella's name, the red and yeah, white one cool with Stella's too. name. That's
1: badass. The my,
3: the, that is badass. My favorite one is the My Fawny artist, who is actually a New York based artist on it. It's on a flat bar Super Six Evo SE, which is a bike that we just launched. Um, and it kind of so it kind of takes this adaptation of a gravel bike, puts a flat bar on it for the Nouveau style gravel riders. And she did an incredible job in incorporating her her aesthetic into the bike design. It's one of my favorite primo ones what's super cool about these collaborations though, is, is that, as I said a little bit before, it starts to expand the conversation about cycling, right? Mm -hmm. Again, being a bike nerd, one of the things that I do when I go on road trips is I kind of anecdotally count cars that have bike racks on them. And I'm Mm -hmm. starting to see more and more cars with bike racks on it. And I'm like, you know, what's so cool that people are bringing their bikes to whatever destination they're going to ride and do whatever it is. If they're going to a park or a beach ride or to the mountains on vacation. And I just kind of anecdotally track bikes on a car. (laughs) And this this collaboration opens up that conversation for a new audience to experience cycling and grow our sport. And that's what's really exciting for me about it. And it's a little bit unconventional, like a Stella McCartney high-end, environmentally conscious fashion designer, applying someone who rides bikes to work every day now gets to show her passion for cycling in a new way that is really authentic to her in style and aesthetic and creativeness that we wouldn't have had five years ago, ten years ago in the traditional format of designing the look of a bike. So yeah. I think it's a super cool collaboration.
1: Amazing. On a wicked cool bike too. Yes. On a wicked and... cool bike. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Wicked cool. And you know? and also it looks like um your your bikes uh, will be ridden by Total Total Energies again on the Grand Tours this year?
3: Uh, Total Energies is not our team. Uh, EF okay. Education first will ride our bikes at the Grand Tours and at the World Tour. And then EF Education, TIPCO, Silicon Valley Bank will ride our bikes in the Women's World Tour, which we're really excited about that progression for that team as well. Um, as we see the expansion of women's cycling I'm sure you guys, I know the rocket paid mm. attention to the women's Roubaix this year for the first ever in 102 years, 104 years that they first ever held a women's Roubaix yeah. in super slick, muddy conditions, just absolutely epic racing conditions. It was a race to remember for sure. Oh yeah. We're um, going to have Veronica so those are the teams and about are... Exactly. Veronica was there. Um, and Veronica came from your program Fount racing, mm-hmm. um, to, to graduate to Tipco. So, we're really excited for those teams to rock our bikes at the world tour next year and hit all the grand tours and all the major races, uh, for both men and women.
2: That's awesome. We are super excited too. You know, we got, that first shipment of our, of our time trial bikes. Um, and I yeah. tell you, you're killing it because you sent the, uh, Cannondale 50 year anniversary book and a little handwritten yeah. note to us. I mean, that, that really warmed my heart. I was like, this is awesome. Cause we, we don't, we really haven't had sponsors on our team. You know, we wanted to kind of yep. develop the team first. You know, yep. show what it really is all about, and then worry about that. You know, but um, and then yep. you know that your your little letter and the book and everything that was like this is the right
1: match for sure. Yeah, I want to talk about that. Yep. I want to you you two to mm-hmm. talk about how you all met and kind of the partnership yep. that you have because you guys were talking about the development yep. of women's racing and of mm-hmm. course Founts all about that. And of course, yep. you know, we've had V on the podcast and she's going to be doing some great things with Tipco and there's some new sponsorships and deals and cool yep. new bikes. And I want to just have yep. you guys kind of share your story about how y'all came together.
2: Yeah, I, I think we were connected uh, through Linda Jackson, right?
3: Yeah, exactly right. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yep.
2: Yep. Yeah. Linda. Linda's on the Tipco team for... Whew, close to 20 years now? 17 years. Yeah, the longest years. Yep. longest running yep. women's program in the country. And uh yeah, yep. and then she she has big aspirations to really help women cycling and, you know, up the level and is paying her riders, you know, a, a nice salary. Um and uh yeah, she was going to go world tour and uh was going to, you know, needed a development team for us and that's where we jumped in.
1: That's fantastic.
3: Yep. And, and what's most funny about the intro, right? So Linda made the connection and, and I'm, um, I'm a guy that anytime somebody makes an intro, I always have at least one phone call with people. Cause again, it's about growing our community and yeah. meeting more people for me is super exciting. And, and that minimum phone call you do that initial phone call. You do learn a lot. I yeah. knew when I talked with David and Jen, that there was. Um, there was already the, the connection with them being a development team for Tipco and that they're going to really scout that yet, that next generation of talent for Linda to bring onto her program like they did with Veronica. And Veronica was firmly planted in my mind because she joined Tipco this year. She went to Joe Martin and she absolutely crushed it like day one on the team. She was top in, the, top in the stages, top in GC overall, then went to Europe and continued to crush it. So it was firmly planted in my mind. And what it struck with me was David and Jen's passion for what they want to do again, and what I identify as building pathways for people to come into the sport. And what we see in sports in America, and I research a lot, particularly in the U.S., traditional sports, adolescents have a pathway from from whatever it's called in football, mites, mini, midgets, mm-hmm. whatever. Great kids. And hockey and that kind of yeah. stuff. Great kids, exactly. They have pathways from when they're five, six, seven years old to junior high school, to high school, to college, to professionals. And even if as you progress through the ranks of that sport, you're not good enough to play. As you grow up in the sport, your passion to be a fan for the sport is what carries you on. The reason football so passionate, so big in the U.S. from a fan base and collegiate football gets 60,000, 70,000 fans and professional football is because people identify with the sport at their youth level. And that's what I'm really excited about with cycling is that we can start developing those pathways so that if their post-college or their adult careers don't take them as a professional athlete, their participation and fandom of the sport, again, grows our sport overall. And they understand our community differently, and that's why again I go back to anecdotally counting mm-hmm. bike racks on a car, is because I know they're a fan of our sport, and that's what I want to see grow for for around the globe for for everyone, you know. And it's really exciting. And I do think like the whole intro to to found for me was because I should have said this earlier. One of the big wins for me is is bringing people into the Cannondale family, and like mm-hmm. handwritten notes and getting people inculcated in understanding who our brand is because we have a particular story and ethos that we want to live by is those little touches and it's super convenient that we happen to be able to share our 50th anniversary book with the found team um, as our relationship started Um, and you guys can understand our history differently um, with all the other elements that we're able to provide bikes and equipment and clothing or whatever um, is great but it's that detail that really does allow you to say, yep, we're now part of a family. It's not just like a sponsorship receiver relationship. It's deeper and we want it to be deeper and we want to be able to call David up or call Jen up and say, hey, can we talk to a rider about a new product idea or what their last race went like when something didn't go right and we saw an equipment issue. Was it the bike? Was it the setup? Was it the course? You know, that kind of stuff. And have that more intimate relationship than just partner, sponsor, and that's it. And that's really important to us as a brand.
1: Man, I I think it's fantastic. Well, Jonathan, I want to thank you so much for coming on. I love your passion, man rocket is this guy passionate or oh, what he's awesome he's killing it over <laughs> there. he's killing it over there man it's so authentic and it comes through and, and 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 it's why we do this podcast and it's why we love cycling so this is an awesome conversation we are definitely going to have you back on again before we uh conclude is there anything else you want to say about some of the stuff you were doing before we wrap it up before because Cannondale's doing some great things in the community anything you want to give a shout out to real quick about some of the things you guys are doing
3: You know, uh, as I mentioned, the HBCU, TCU Project, Fount Racing, Tipco Women's World Tour, EF Men's World Tour, we're adding one of the best potential male riders to Cannondale Factory Racing next year. Just stay tuned, stay connected to the stories that we have coming, um, the events that we're gonna be at, the races that we're gonna be at with all those teams and programs, and and come join us. Come ride with us, come along for the ride, because we're here to bring you along as part of the family.
1: I love it, man. Thanks, Jonathan. It. Thanks, Jonathan. That's Jonathan Guerin, Global Director of Sports Marketing for Cannondale. All right, we'll have you back on again soon. In the meantime, be safe in New York, man.
3: Thanks, gentlemen. I All right. Appreciate it. Thanks, Jonathan. Talk
1: soon. Take care. Later. Bye. Bye. We want to thank Jonathan for being on episode number nine. We want to thank rocket for being who he is. But most of all, we want to thank you for listening because without you, we're just two guys sitting in a room talking to ourselves and it's fun, but it's a lot more fun with you. So until next time, peace, love, cycling, health, music, art, and transformation this is we ride why radio
0: Y Radio. Thank you for riding with us.